jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out exciting that we are kicking off an event today right oh this is like i mean this is like our super bowl i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's now my super bowl i know yeah uh yeah here we are after our last episode with all the questions that listeners sent us i gave an answer about what's a bad movie that you love and i said that i've been obsessed with Don't Go in the Woods Alone. And like an eye worm, my words traveled out of my mouth and into Anthony's ears. (laughs) And Anthony was like, I need to see this movie. And I said, yeah, you do. I need to see it again, too. And then we just kept talking about it. And then finally we're like, should we just do it for the show? It was the ring virus. Like, it... It Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it took control. We had plans to do another movie for this week. But then then Don't Go in the Woods Alone just took over. Like a fever. Like it does. Yeah. And here we are. And then... The fever continued, and we were like, you know, let's let's have an event. Let's only talk about these types of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I I don't know. I my heart is full of feelings for these great value slasher movies. Great value slashers, everyone. These are like they're not they're not members of the hallowed franchises. No, 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 no. They're not uh, the first thing you think of when when someone's like, hey, did you see this gnarly kill in this movie? (laughs) Like, nope. These are, these are like the weird girl in the lunchroom standing in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who I look at and I'm like, I need to know her. Right. I I just really, they are a certain flavor of slasher movie. You know, like, it's like a very distinctive subgenre of a yes. subgenre. Um, and I really have a lot of love for them. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we're doing this to address the love. I love their scrappy attitude. Mm-hmm. That, like, someone watched one of those franchise movies and said to themselves, I could do that. They can't, but they did. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like with their relatives and their friends. Yes, that's the that's the thing. That's another hallmark of what are some hallmarks of these movies? Scrappy attitude. Terrible I can make acting. a movie. <laughs> Terrible acting, or the glass half full way to say that is anybody can be an actor. Anybody could be an actor. They, they are liberated from the expectations of acting. That's right. Anyone could be an actor. These movies are just full of crazy characters. Oh, brilliant kills. 
brilliant. You know, that for, may they or have, may not be good <laughs> or well. They're filmed. not. They're not good, but a lot of times they go all out with the gore. They're very liberal with the blood. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes um, might just actually be ketchup or paint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they throw it around liberally. I love that. Um, I love that they indulge crazy ideas. Absolutely bonkers ideas that just build upon disconnected thread and disconnected thread. Yeah. They completely disregard the laws of filmmaking. And physics. And physics. They, they just play by their own rules, do whatever they want, and they're a fucking delight. Even if sometimes, honestly, it's also torture. Yes. <laughs> they're basically gaylords as a film. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I yeah. love them. I really love them. These are, I mean, we were just talking before we started recording, like, these are the slashers that... I'm I'm just beginning to watch a lot of them. And there's some that I've already seen and already have loved for a long time, but there's a lot that I'm still discovering. And it's almost like every time I watch them, I'm like, how have I never seen this because nothing sparks joy like these? Right. Yeah, they're a good time. And I do like that, like, I made a list of these movies to like give us ideas for this next coming month or whatever. And I loved how many times you said... I haven't seen that one. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it because I'm like, ooh, you've got a treat waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And the ones I have seen, I'm like, I love that movie. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this coming month. I can't that wait. Starting in the middle of the month. Coming month slash <laughs> potentially. Coming is for as, as long remainder as of the series. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them, too. Like, we, we, we have to really edit down this list because there's a lot of awesome there's movies a lot. on this list. It could, it could take us through the next six months of this yeah, show. It, uh, it could and it should. Listeners, it if could you, and it should. As this next um, series of Gaylord's programming is revealed to you over the next couple of weeks, if you haven't seen them, these are uh, disregard any other movie you haven't seen on our list. These are the ones you need to see because you're <laughs> going to have the best time. Yeah. You're going to have the best time. Yeah. I know that with this week's film, I had never seen it, like you mentioned. I had only heard you talk about it time and again, and most recently on the latest episode. I, I, there was, there was me before, and there's me now. (laughs) I am a change, I am changed. I have a whole new outlook on life. (laughs) It'll do that to you. (laughs) Don't go in the woods parentheses dot 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 alone exclamation point end parentheses <laughs> is maybe the greatest movie i've ever seen in my life <laughs> like i have to i have to amend my last i have to well, no i have to add to my last week's answer yeah. for a favorite bad movie and now i have to mirror you with don't go in the woods alone yeah i right? have never been inspired like i was watching this movie <laughs> It's amazing. It's It's, so good. It's so good. I mean, right from the first shot, which is like, you know, out of a helicopter, this beautiful landscape. We're in the Rocky Mountains, panning over it. And the very first shot of the film is so bad. (laughs) 
is the most shaky. It is like the cameraman is sitting on a fucking jackhammer. Like a a drunk cameraman with Parkinson's is riding a jackhammer while shooting this shot. And they were like, good enough. Let's put it in. Catherine Hepburn on a helicopter in full turbulence (laughs) is shooting this film. Yeah. It's amazing. It's incredible that they bothered to keep it in, but they were like, fuck it. They spent I mean, I could say that about that helicopter. I could honestly say that about the entire movie. Like, it's, yes. it's incredible they kept that in. <laughs> yes. The whole thing is just... Um, spectacular? Spectacular. I mean, all it is, it's like... you. Uh, I know that we've talked about movies where it's like, there isn't much of a plot. How do you... Do? But this one... <laughs> like well this one i can do the synopsis for this one easy <laughs> yes <laughs> people go what? in the woods they get killed yes people go in the woods and they die that's it that's, that's what, it. it the title tells us uh, don't go in the woods right and nobody heeded that advice in this film they nobody all went in the that. woods and uh, they all died all 30 of them all this has the largest cast of this is bigger than like the entire lord of the rings trilogy in terms of yes. cast numbers including ev- all the cgi orcs yeah <laughs> everyone this the cast of don't go in the woods is huge it is like a bus full of the village people. You know how the village people were like, here's the biker, here's the Indian, here's the construction worker. That's Don't Go in the Woods Alone. Yes, it is. Here's the lady artist. Here's the baby. Here's the lady artist. Here's, here's roller baby. skates. Here's roller skates. Here's wheelchair. Here's woman with camera. Here's man with camera. Here's uh, Dale! Dale! Yes! <laughs> Yeah, they go into the woods. They're doing their thing, whatever it may be, uh, rolling themselves up a mountain in a wheelchair. Yep. Let's say plain um, air painting of a building, plain air of a building. <laughs> <laughs> which is Take, nowhere in the forest. Taking picture of a train. <laughs> okay, there's no train. That's fine. We heard a train whistle, so it must actually be there. Um, they're doing whatever they came to the woods to do. Uh, a branch will shake. The person goes, huh? <laughs> the branch and- will shake some more. And then they fall down and they're dead. Yeah, or their arm flies off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's the. That's basically the movie. It's so good. It is the best. I cannot stress this enough. This is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's... I mean, the entire all this all this dialogue is dubbed because obviously they couldn't get decent sound. They could barely get picture that works. Like, yeah, never yeah, mind. As sound. they were filming on like a hillside next to a town, like a tree, a foresty hillside. Yeah. So all the dialogue is dubbed, and as I mentioned in our last episode, it's not just that these people are bad actors. They're so bad that it sounds. Not even like they're they can't speak English, but they've just never spoken aloud because <laughs> they can't just say a sentence the way everybody says sentences. It's like they've yeah. never spoken before, so they don't know anything about inflection or what punctuation does or where punctuation should occur. Yep. Do you know? At this very minute, <laughs> I'm missing as the world turns. 
they just can't speak correct like it's incredible there's, it's so entertaining it's a movie full of pas de la puertas like it reminds me of nurse 3d there's a scene where she says like she says like 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 what's wrong but the delivery is so bizarre where it's like what's wrong like what what's wrong like i don't i can't like my brain like i i implode trying to even mimic how she does it yeah. but this that's this entire film and it's the also, entire film also, Stacy, they're like all apathetic gay people, right? I mean, everybody in this movie, but specifically the the three main cast. Yeah, because the the whole movie, like as the movie started, I was like, I turned to Jason because he's seen this a million times. Maddie and I were just transfixed because we had no idea what was happening. Jason's seen it a million times, and I was like, so at any point. Is there a story or like characters? Because the first, <laughs> the first like twenty minutes is just randos walking in and getting killed, or like walk like the first scene. You see that woman scream, scream, run, 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 scream, scream, and then she just falls in the water, and suddenly there's blood everywhere in the water. You don't see why. <laughs> yeah. The next that is that guy. Happening. Yeah, the guy, <laughs> and then his arm just flies off. Like I was like, is there actually even a killer, or is it just poltergeist? Like, is it wind that's like cutting their arms off, or like what is happening? Yeah, or the, and, and, like people, like the two people splashing in the water, and then the body falls off a cliff or something, yeah. and lands like five feet away from them. <laughs> Don't notice. <laughs> Don't notice. <the> body. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just like the front, probably two thirds especially, are really weighted with these really bizarre kill scenes, where we'll just follow a character, like Lady Painter, as she is credited. The character is, quote-unquote, Lady Painter. Doesn't have a name, has not a stitch of dialogue. Has a child that she keeps tied to a tree, (laughs) like, (laughs) many feet away from her in another part of the forest. Yeah, she gets a jar full of dirty river water and hands it to the child that is tied in a sling that is tied to a tree. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, is she going to drink this water from a stagnant pond? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's she mine. gave it to the kid. And then she goes and paints. She's out there with her easel and all of this, painting a building, which is <laughs> in the middle not- of the woods. In the middle of the woods. Which and is how gets... you sold me on it in our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she gets killed. She gets stabbed. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't. But she looks cool with those mirrored aviators, right? She does look cool. Yeah. There's many cool people in this movie. Yeah. There are some scenes where we, it's like in media res, right? Like we come in in the middle of a kill. Like the two people in the sleeping bag. What the fuck a... was that? don't ask there are so many instances in this movie i wrote down what is happening because i I, you can't who you can't know it's unknowable it cuts in to the middle of a scene with a woman yelling hey where are you going (laughs) she's in a sleeping bag the person she's yelling hey where are you going to is in another sleeping bag And then all and of a sudden they're brutally murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole scene. Like it's that's like, it. Literally, what would have been in any other like say this was a Friday Thirteenth film, we would have had five minutes of setup leading up to the sleeping bag yes. massacre. Yes, but no, they decide to cut it. They are 
they are liberated from the expectations of conventional filmmaking because these are brave filmmakers and <laughs> and they just decide no i don't need all that setup and suspense i'm just gonna cut to the second they start getting killed in the <laughs> sleeping bags which is also their introduction in the first time in the movie <laughs> yeah coming on the heels of a completely disconnected scene right but the one line of dialogue I'll keep in there is, hey, where are you going? <laughs> Which makes no sense. No one is going anywhere. Who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, even the worst Friday the 13th film, right? Like, yes. by by part eight, Friday the 13th, like, did ditch character names. Like, some people, like, the there's a boxer who gets killed at the gym. He's just known as Boxer, mm-hmm. you know, and all like they started to do away with it. But even so, they attempted some kind of tension and suspense. <laughs> narrative structure of some narrative. Kind. <laughs> some kind of narrative structure. Something. Don't go in the woods alone. It just throws that all. Those rules do not apply. Because it's above all. it. It doesn't. It's above it. It doesn't need your fucking constraints. Okay. Why would you you know, introduce these characters who are just going to get killed. Why spend time on that when you can spend a good 30 seconds watching a sheriff's deputy play pinball? (laughs) Who may or may not also be a porn star. What? Yeah. (laughs) What was happening? I was like, what's up with the hot deputy who's also gay? Yeah. The very hot, very gay deputy. Yeah. Maddie, who, Maddie was like, oh, he would have been very popular back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the the line of dialogue where, uh, where our introduction to him, where people have apparently reported these hikers missing, which is interesting because somebody must know their names. It can't just be my lady friend who was my lady sleeping bag friend. Yeah. You know, she must have a name. But anyway, someone's reporting people missing and they think it's bears. And then this sheriff's deputy says, if any of my bears come into town, then you can arrest them. Which, what does that even mean? Like, what does that mean if it's not a gay thing? Well, and he says that, and then the next the next person to enter is that guy, you only see him once, who's like, yeah. I don't know if he's like the goth sheriff or what, but like, he shows up and he's in like black leather. <laughs> he has like pimp rings on. <laughs> and he has like an insane perm. And and he's and an ammo chain like wrapped around his black leather, and he's like goofing around with the deputy. I'm like, what porno did they just come from? Yeah, <laughs> they must have been filming one concurrently or yeah. something. Yeah, and then the gay deputy who just says the thing about any of my bears, then he walks into the, the sheriff's office and says, "I heard you were busy," and like porn guitar starts playing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. It is just, it plays by its own rules so much that, like, I don't even know if you can call it a movie, you know? It is, I guess. But it just, I clearly, it is, it's a little padded feeling in the last 20 or so minutes when, when it's... When, like, it's when the murders are happening that it's fun. Yeah, once they actually, I think in the last 20 minutes they try to put a point a to b linear story (laughs) right and that's where it loses its grip it does lose its grip just slightly though it was still fun yeah you still have the guy the wheelchair hiker gets decapitated (laughs) what is the 
time span of this movie? <laughs> because I don't know if you noticed this, but the characters sleep quite often. Yes. <laughs> There's lots of overnight sleeping bag scenes. There's lots of moments where someone is running through the woods at daytime and then all of a sudden they're dead and being murdered at nighttime, and then it cuts back to the rest of their body falling over at daytime again. Yes, <laughs> like, a car gets pushed over a cliff, and, like, it gets pushed over at night and lands during the day. It's a, a very, or d- very big uh, cliff. Or do you mean the Farrah Fawcett van? The, the van, I'm sorry, it was a VW van. <laughs> With, like, a sequin, oh like, Farrah Fawcett mural, <laughs> like, of the famous poster of her on the roof inside. Oh, my God. Amazing! It's so amazing. Yeah, it's like they di- they're dying in the daytime and then cut to the van tumbling down the hill at night. And same thing with the wheelchair guy. Yeah. Wheelchair, get, he gets killed, and then as he falls, they push the wheelchair down the hill, but at night, and you can't even see the wheelchair roll down the <laughs> hill. <laughs> but I'm like, how many nights and days elapse? Because they introduce the wheel, the man in the wheelchair, and he's doing that forever. Yeah, they cut back to him a lot, struggling to roll up that hill. And I was like, he's been trying to roll up that hill for three days now? Like, what is yeah. happening? Or the, I mean, right at the beginning, the woman roller skating down the mountain. Okay, I know this movie has many plot holes, we'll call them. There aren't even plot holes, just unreturned to threads. (laughs) What happened to roller skates? She was just there. This literally just a scene where a woman roller skates down a gravel trail into the forest. (laughs) You think you're going to get to know this character, or you think you're at least going to have like a funny roller skate chase scene in the forest, right? You'd think. You never see her again. No. Like we just, in a movie where everybody else, she's the only one that was allowed to go into the woods. That's true. She, everybody else went in the woods and they all died. She was, that's the secret. You got to have roller skates, but not a wheelchair. I also like that we can infer that she must have rolled up the hill at some point. <laughs> Unless she was airdropped at the top with her skates on. Yes. Yeah. It was a, it's a competitive sport. It's a competitive sport. But we never, yeah, we never go back, cut back to her going, ugh, no, ugh, <laughs> get back up the hill. Yeah. Like the three days worth of wheelchair man that we see. Yeah. Going, ugh. Time has no meaning. Um, they, people sleep a lot. People take naps in this movie. Yes. You know, it's just, it does whatever it wants. Which is very true to life in that way. Life doesn't make sense. It's absurd. It's a litany of weird characters you meet here and there. They all die and then you sleep a lot here and there. Right. Yeah. It, uh, so we have three, well, I don't know who they are. Are they supposed to be friends? We don't really know. (laughs) You know nothing. Uh, It could be argued that they're two couples, but they're not. Right. Ostensibly, they're they're all straight. uh, But they're all homosexual. (laughs) Yeah. Four of them, two men, two women, are uh, heading out to camp. Uh, two of them end up alive at the end of the movie. Um, they actually get off of the mountain, but they have left one of their friends behind, so they decide to go back. Yes. Uh, finally, the killer is revealed in a way. We don't know who it is or why. It's a, a mountain man with prayer beads wrapped around his head. <laughs> He's got, yeah, like Mardi Gras beads on his face. <laughs> well, he had to, you know, he had to... Give a show to get those. I had to give a show to get those. So 
He wears those with pride. <laughs> He's got, he carries a cardboard box around with him, which we later learn contains the child of the painter lady. Yes, lady because, painter. He took her because child. Because he has to, the, he has to carry on the legacy of the mountain man. <laughs> right. I would state, though, it is, it's less a cardboard box and more a cardboard duffel bag. <laughs> yes, he did tie a rope to it and carries it like a messenger bag or something. But it's a cardboard But it's a cardboard box. He's also a mountain hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also, this is weird that no one ever hears him coming because his weapon, which is like a long pole with some fur and a blade on the end, also yes. has like jingle bells on it. Yes. And he's constantly going... but no one ever hears him coming they just see branches shake and then they're dead yeah or when he gets lazy and he just decides to just shake his stick at you because it has fur on it right along with all these weird implements and totem totems and things yeah (laughs) people are like oh what's this what's this thing the staff covered in fur and a knife and implements shaking for i should go walk up to it and find <laughs> yeah. Out. yeah he does have his uh jason voorhees-esque lean to mm-hmm. yes where he keeps little trophies from people he's killed mm-hmm. and a lot of sleeping bags a lot of sleeping bags um but we don't know who he is or what he's doing there or why or why he's we don't know anything that's i mean that's all there is to this movie once again like life this is an existential statement i see Mm -hmm. you walk into the woods of life and you die and you don't know why you, you know nothing you learn nothing along the way you learn nothing along the way it's all absurd none of it makes sense but it happens to all of us See, see, there's deep thought. This is <laughs> real deep thought in this one. This is like, this is like, like Jean Genet would love this movie. Like this is, there's a lot going on in here. There's a lot operating. For sure. It is such a delight. The soundtrack gets real irritating by the end oh of it. Oh my God. <laughs> <They're> like. <laughs> and then that guy going. <laughs> It it does uh, wear on the nerves after a while. Um, last twenty minutes, real slow. Cause it, it's it falls into that trap that a lot of these these this grade of slasher do, which is like it ends up being people looking for something for a really long time. Yes, and it's real boring, you know, because because yes. these people, the filmmakers, don't really know how to make a film that has any actual tension or atmosphere. No. So in all the scenes that should or maybe could be intense under other circumstances, it's just this person is walking through a house really fucking slowly. (laughs) I mean, it's also a miracle that they even were able to compose shots for this movie. It's true. Like, like there's like that campfire scene. Oh, one of the 17. But like there's that where they're telling it's like the three arguable, the four arguable main characters of the film. Yes. And they're telling the, the, the guide, um, Greg, is telling the scary story. And you just see that weird shot where you just see the three of them at the bottom of the frame listening in sleeping bags. Yeah. And then the audio is super weird because I went and I read later that, like, they, as the guy's telling the scary story, it just, it seems like he's hand, having pages of the script handed to him as they <laughs> yeah. get written. Because there's all these weird pauses. And it turns out that 
uh, his audio was, like, totally fucked that they just stitched together audio. Like, it's like Carrie Fisher in the new Star Wars. Like, they just stitched together what they had and yeah. turned that into the scary story. And then they don't even have, like, close-up shots of the people, so they just overscan the same shot to get <laughs> get these super grainy close-ups of them in their sleeping bags. Yeah. And they don't show him at all because I guess the footage of him was unusable. So. Yeah, it's just, like, out of the scene. So it's imagine so a scene where it's it's someone is telling a story... And the camera just lingers on the reaction shots. Yeah, and then just does extreme overscan zooms on them when you need a more of a close-up. <laughs> Instead yeah. of what's typical, where it's like, oh, maybe we'll get a panning shot. Or maybe the camera will go in the round. Or maybe... <laughs> maybe we'll see the person telling the story at all. Yeah, maybe maybe we see them in their underlit face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Or maybe we just hear bits of their dialogues chopped together haphazardly yeah. off camera. Now don't go in the woods alone, baby. It's perfect. It's, it's absolutely perfect. I love, I really felt, I mean, terrible actors as they may be, I really felt, or or most liberated actors, the anti-streeps, I really fell for the three surviving main characters. Yes. Well, I guess there are only two surviving, but the, the three main main characters. Because Greg's like kind of the guy that's like kind of uptight and is very like, don't go in the woods alone. Like he gets to say the main title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He gets the Jennifer Jason Lee moment. <laughs> um, but then you have like these two dykes. I mean, there's Ingrid and, and Joe, Joanne or Joni. Joanne. Yeah. Joanne, Ingrid and Joanne. And sometimes they call her Joni. <laughs> sometimes they call her Joni. It varies. Yeah. She like Joni is amazing. Yeah. And, <laughs> has no time for anything and also for some reason gets trapped in a sleeping bag <laughs> and like <laughs> and hung from a tree by her friend um ingrid looks like malachi from children of the corn <laughs> as a lesbian as more yeah. of a, as more of a lesbian yeah right. malachi as more of a lesbian yeah and then we have the love of my life <laughs> My favorite, hands down, my new favorite final girl, Peter, <laughs> who is like, I was like, like in my notes are, who is this hunk playing? Who is this hunk from New Jersey playing a bitchy old queen? <laughs> like, he is so weird. He's so weird. So weird. And like, it's just the, their first scene, like, because you don't get to meet these main characters until like 20 minutes into the movie, it feels like. Yeah. After 75 and, people have already died. Yeah. 75 people have already died. It already has double the body count of Friday the 13th <laughs> Part 5 at this point. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, just for body count alone, this movie should be gigantic in the horror world. Um, and then, and then, and then, like you meet Greg, and you meet his three homosexuals that, for some reason, he's taking on a, on a <laughs> woods course. <laughs> and Greg's screaming at them about avoid rabies and avoid avoid animals and rabies. And Peter just goes, "You mean there's little furry perverts doing unnatural things in these woods?" <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah, I love him so much. Between him and the deputy, I was like, "What?" What, like, gay porn magic is happening? Like, this is, we were all wondering if everyone's a gay porn star to the point that Jason was like, this is exactly one of, this is like one of the movies Vanessa Paradis would make in Knife and Heart. <laughs> yeah, except there would be sex in it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing that's missing is, like, the full-on sex. But otherwise, these are exactly, this is exactly one of her films. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, homo-side, or what was it called? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah. But Joanne and Ingrid, like, I realized that the early 80s were a confusing time in terms of women's haircuts. Because <laughs> women would have short haircuts, right? Look at, uh, you know, Susan Sarandon had that short yeah, hair for a while. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not an indicator, but my God, the lesbian energy coming off of those two. Uh, could you get more grizzled dykes in this film? I mean, the plaid it's... shirts, the short hair, the it's just, the, it just seems jo- like a bunch Joanne of gays. beating people up. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like a bunch of gay campers. It reads, it, there's no other way to read it. Yeah. Even when, even when he sits down. Oh my God. I just had a flashback to when they're, they find their first campsite and there's like a pause and Mark or no, Peter just like faints or passes out and like hits the ground really hard and then for no reason yeah but um he sits down and and joanne like gives him some shit and he's like joanne dear i never get tired of resting like there is no (laughs) debating just between the way they look i mean peter's always taking off his shirt and then changing into like his tight hot pink (laughs) t-shirt there's a lot of hot pink in this movie Just the the way they look. Those two with their haircuts. Mm-hmm. Joanne's like um, vaguely sociopathic tendencies, <laughs> beating up that <laughs> beating up Greg when she isn't being tied up in a sleeping bag hanging from a tree and watching him be brutally brutally murdered. Yeah, Peter does They're... have his little splashy splashy fantasy moment. He has splashy splashy fantasy. That's true. Where he sits by the river and imagines that. He is shirtless and having a splash fight with Ingrid and Joanne, which is perfectly heterosexual fantasy to have. Um, is that, is that, is that, oh no, that's not when he then comes out of it and then he looks over and then he sees the man that the bear yeah, trap just swings into that guy's face. Yeah, it is. He's having his splashy fantasy. Oh he snaps God. out of it and some person who's walking along gets a bear trap in the face. Yeah, he waves at this guy, and the guy's like, oh, no, because he sees Mountain Man up above him. Right. Standing above Peter on a rock. And then a bear trap just swings down and (laughs) slaps right in this guy's face. (laughs) And it's metal as fuck. Yeah. But then Peter goes back to his splashy fantasy. (laughs) Yes! The guy's getting the bear trap to his face. And he's watching this. Yeah. He reacts to it. But he's still thinking about splashing around with the ladies. And then like he snaps out of it. Like, like, is it an attempt at compulsory heterosexuality? Or is it just, does is that just he just would want to have fun with his friends and splash them? Right. Because, like, even at the, when he's reunited with Ingrid, because, you know, spoiler alert, they they live and they kill the, the mountain man together. Um, and it's a joy watching them just hack this guy up. Yeah. <laughs> like... They they just he's shirtless and they just hold each other and then keep like almost kissing but like they just touch the sides of their faces on each other. <laughs> yeah yeah or like like when um when Greg and Joanne split up and he's gonna show her how to like leave a trap or something right like it seems like that would be 
okay, now the couples have split up, so now one is going to go have sex. Like, yeah, because the be... way she says it is like, he's going to go show me some survival tips. We'll be back. And that's always the kind of cue that a couple gives in a slasher movie that they're going to go have sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah, and I was, that's like, that's when I was like, oh, here we go, compulsory heterosexuality. I thought they were just going to be gay all the way through. But then nothing comes of that. But then, like, she, she beats, like, beats him beats up. up. <laughs> yeah, she beats him up. He puts her, ties her into a sleeping bag. It's so gay. It's so gay. Like, the only, and, and for a slasher in 1981, for this time. Right. It actually is very ahead of its time for 1981, also. Yes. Thinking of that. But, like, for that era where it's like, there's going to be sex, there's going to be sex, there's, there's like none in this movie. There's none except, in this movie. Except like arguably maybe we see the after of the sex with the Farrah Fawcett van people. Yes. The, with like. <laughs> with just, like it's clearly a van they found at the junkyard, right? Like it's got just married is spray painted on the side, but the spray paint is so faded that it's barely there. Like, they definitely got it just so they could push it down that hill for yes. that shot in yes. the darkness of nighttime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, right. They're, they could have sex, but then they don't. And they just... Yeah. You just see the woman who kind of looks like the McPoyle sister and Always Sunny that's always sticking her tongue out and drinks yeah. milk. <laughs> like, you just see her, like, kind of have a reaction. And then and then all of a sudden they both are just die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's an incredible film. Like if this if this review, if we could even call it that, sounds scattered. I mean, it makes more sense than the movie. <laughs> it really, like we have done our best to parse out the threads. <laughs> yeah. So many times you will ask yourself what is happening. You have to just let it go. You have to let go all of your, you know, preconceived notions about narrative and what a movie should be and what a story should be. You have to just and let that all go. time and space. Time <laughs> and space and rationality. You just have to let it all go and let it happen. That's all you can do. Let this movie happen. You do. You just have to just let it wash right over you. Yeah. Like, like Julianne Moore laying in that bed in the hours in the hotel room. <laughs> You just let that room fill up with water and just ride on it. Yeah, that's all you can do. And it'll probably be enjoyable. I love this movie. Yeah. Right? I love this movie. What is that? What? What is that music at the end? In the yeah. end credits? When he's like, it's almost like, it's like that. It's the it teddy almost... bear's picnic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is, huh? Yeah. It's to the tune of the Teddy Bear's Picnic, the end credits song, while the 7,000 cast members are listed. (laughs) Somebody has written a Don't Go Into the Woods uh, parody of the Teddy Bear's Picnic. If you go down to the woods today, you probably will be killed. You know. (laughs) It's so It's so like. It's, it's so like fitting. soft rock country. <laughs> yeah. If you go down to the woods today. I <laughs> yeah. loved it. It's the only credit song this movie could have. Oh, man. Yeah. Why was, what happened to roller skates? I really want to know. Yeah, she literally, she just rolled by. That's all she did. Lady That's Artist all didn't she make did. it. Nope. Bird Watcher didn't make it. Nope. Uh, sleeping bags didn't make it. 
But roller skates made it? <laughs> she was too fast. She was too I mean, fast. He couldn't skates, catch her. He couldn't catch her. <laughs> That's where wheelchair made his mistake. He was going uphill. <laughs> she was gone. going down. She was going downhill. All he had to do was turn that chair around, man. That's right. He would have zipped Why right was by. he trying to go hike uphill I, in the forest in his wheelchair? Don't roll in the woods alone. <laughs> <laughs> Always bring a buddy. Always bring a roller buddy. Also, like, don't go in the woods alone, but everyone here usually has another person, with the exception of <laughs> yeah. roller skates or wheelchair yeah. or bird watcher. Yep. So even if you go in the woods with other people, you're still going to get murdered by Mountain Man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. With his prayer beads, his oh mala God. beads wrapped around his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's the best movie I've ever seen. It really is. That it's it also it gets kind of brutal here and there. With yeah, that, um, it's a video nasty. It's it was of, it, it was, was a, a video very nasty. famous video nasty. Which I have a video nasty series uh, yeah. at the movie at the <laughs> the screening place at the video store, and I am definitely showing this yeah. for the next one. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I can't wait to watch. However many people can fit into that room, be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought we were gonna watch Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's better. <laughs> it's way better. Oh, it's so much better. Mm-hmm. God. What a joy. What a fucking joy. Yeah, the, the, uh, the blood is so nice and red, and it really Very looks like bright. paint. Yeah. But I guess it, I guess it was like, I, we, they, we read it was uh, barbecue sauce mixed with red food coloring. <laughs> um, but it really looks like acrylic paint. Yeah. Uh, there's th- that great decapitate the wheelchair decapitation. Uh huh. Ama- I mean, spoiler, amazing. Yeah. Uh, Limbs the bear flying. trap. The bear oh, trap. Oh, the limb, the arm flying off. <laughs> yeah. The poor lady artist, she really did get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she had a big her... death scene. Yeah. No yeah, that lines. Was one, of the, one of the more pronounced death. Yeah, no lines, just a baby and a bond <laughs> in the painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best movie I've ever seen. It really is incredible. I have to point out too. Um, I think it was Vinegar Syndrome did the Blu-ray. Yes, it's a gorgeous Blu-ray. It looks fantastic. I'm shocked I mean, for, at how good it looks <laughs> for a movie that does not deserve this treatment whatsoever. Yeah, it's jam-packed with bonus features. Yeah, um, it's a great Blu-ray. Did you watch the extras? Like I the cast. I watched, like, a lot of the interviews with the cast. Yeah, where it's, like, the director in, like, 1996 or something. Yeah. With, like, a DV camera, and it's just him, like, driving up and finding the actors that were in the movie and talking (laughs) to them in front of their cars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For, like, five seconds. It's amazing. I was shocked to see that Ingrid is now a casting director. She's a big time casting director. She cast fucking House of Wax and like Nightmare Before Christmas. And Halloween 2, the original. And yeah, like, like what legitimate the movies. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang she did, like legitimate movies. Yeah. Um, this is the only movie she was ever in. Um, I believe the same for Joanne, who is now a big TV producer and director, like Emmy award winning yep. TV director. Yep. 
Um, it's This is one of those movies that I love these. That's another hallmark of the great value slasher is like 90% of the actors. It's the only movie they ever did. Yes. Yes. You know, um, a lady artist, though, is a writer for Carmen. She was a writer for Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew I had deep DNA in this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even though this was like the only movie they ever did and they were all terrible in it. Um, and I say that Perfect. with love. Um, they all went on to huge careers. So everybody in this movie is a success. Yeah. <laughs> the movie couldn't be less of one, but yeah. more of one. Right. Exactly. It's kind of shocking really, but oh. yeah. I love this Blu-ray. I, I have to that's another, that's actually a really nice thing about this era too, that we're in right now. Where, like, thanks to Arrow, thanks to Vinegar Syndrome, thanks to Blue Underground, thanks to uh, Kino Lorber, uh, Severin. all of them. Yeah. Severin, um, even, even, I mean, on a larger level, like Scream Factory. Like, we are getting such gorgeous restorations of these films mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's, it is, there is something to be said about watching just the shitty VHS, but, like, you miss so much information. Yes. And, you and really getting do. to see something. Yeah, getting to see something so beautifully presented where the product does not match the quality of the presentation by any means. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It just makes it even more enjoyable. It just makes me love these movies even more. And they and they feel weirdly fresh mm-hmm. while also still being very much a archived like product of its time. Uh I just love it. Yeah. Oh, and especially if you have if you are used to the VHS or whatever, it is like seeing the movie for the first time. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like when we saw Superstition after mm-hmm. with that new Blu-ray, and it yeah. was like, like oh, up there's until a, then, there's a character in that shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's knew. what the killer looks like. <laughs> yeah, I, I never do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing that like we're getting to a point in time where it's kind of shocking when movies don't have some kind of an upgrade. There are still yes. a few, like we were talking before this show off air, we were talking about Humongous and how much I would love to see Humongous. And I'm yeah. like, why isn't there a Blu-ray? That's like one of the very few movies that, yeah, you know. Yeah, there's still, there's still a little bit of them that it's like, why hasn't that been released? But like, man, it's such a, for home video releases, it's so awesome what's happening right now. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, they, it, you can tell the love that goes into um sort of representing these films really comes through in those blu-rays uh yeah and it makes me like if it gives me like warm fuzzy feelings about the horror community too that like something like this movie which is a piece of shit like it's perfect (laughs) but it's a piece of shit right it's garbage can get such a loving like feature-packed restoration and fans are like yay I'm yes. so excited. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then drop because they're coming from lesser movie uh, release houses. It's you're gonna spend like thirty five dollars on it at least, right? Yeah, it's just I don't know. Sometimes horror fans are really great. Like we, yeah. you know, we we this love is an, the one love time. an underdog. Yeah, this is the one time. <laughs> but it's like sometimes we love an underdog. You know? Yeah, know yeah. I it's I mean I'm gonna. And I told you, like, I had trouble, I thought I was going to have trouble finding this movie when we decided on it. Um, and, and I was like, oh, no, it is on Shudder, so people can, you can watch it on Shudder. Um, and I'm sure it's the same transfer, but, you know, that's streaming, so it's not going to be as good as the Blu-ray. 
but um uh, I didn't even realize we had this Blu-ray just sitting on our shelf somewhere <laughs> for years. Like we picked this up at a convention so long ago and it has been sitting there for years. And I didn't even know that th- this, th- this is like the, the papal garments or like the Royal jewels just hanging out in my house <laughs> yeah. for that long. And now it's like, I have to take this Blu-ray and I have to put it in a place of honor next to like Tammy, the T-Rex and my other like cherished <laughs> films. I love this movie. Yay! I love it. Yay! I love it, and uh, oh, I I think that was like as I was watching it, I texted you. This is the best movie, like in all caps, I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. So Phew! I mean, I've had a feeling you would feel that way. Like with you, I think it's a pretty safe bet that if I if there's a garbage movie I love, you'll probably love it as well. Because yeah. you are open to that kind of thing. But sometimes you never to, know. People's, to shit. Pe- people's <laughs> tolerance of garbage movies isn't always the highest. So Yeah. You but know. this one, I mean, makes no sense. Everybody dies horrifically, random, in, in the middle of their first introduction moment. Uh, and they're all gay. And I'm like, that checks off all of my boxes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where are you going? <laughs> It's so good. The fact that that was dubbed and they still kept it in. Right. Yeah. Couldn't or even the, put in a... Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That's the best they could do when they looped it. I don't care. I love this movie. <laughs> I have such a crush on this movie. I would marry it. <laughs> I think gay marriage is legal now. Anything's possible. I know. Yeah, they used to say one man, one woman, but now it can be one... One day, one Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You can marry whatever that's what you it's want. That's <laughs> what the that's what the hets feared is that it would be yeah. anarchy. And you could just marry anything. Want to marry a pretzel? Go for it. <laughs> well, we all know about you and that M and M. She's you know, she's green. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's green. Green and perfectly round. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the rest of this whole season. It's going to, yeah, this slash. season. Let's call it a season. It's a season. This because we have, we, have, we have more movies to cover than are going to be a month. I'm sure we'll get distracted and have to do one episode on, like, iHorror somewhere in the middle. But, like, oh, sure. this is going to have to be the focus for a while. because Season of the Great Value Slashers. Yes. And 2020, I am going into 2020 confident and, 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 and feeling myself. And I don't think I could feel myself more than with uh, starting out Ew. with Don't Go in the Woods. I, I don't mean like that. I mean like Beyonce right, with, right. featuring Nicki Minaj. I see. All right. Well. Were they were they talking about masturbating? Don't ask. I don't even know what you're talking about. Don't oh. ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Is, are those singers? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stacy Pond of the Paragon of Contemporaneity. But <laughs> I don't but, know what song you're talking about. That's all. That's fine. Is it but, on Delilah? Listen. Then maybe I'll know. <laughs> yeah, Delilah. Yeah, it's on Delilah. Uh, <laughs> Don't go in the woods. The perfect way to kick off this year. Good. 
can't wait for what the rest of this season has coming. Me too. I'm really excited. Yeah. You're going to listen. Follow. Everyone has to follow our Monday posts and just get watch these movies the second we announce what we're talking about each Monday. Um, because yeah. they're just it's going to be a, a blessing. It really is. So we'll just we'll just do this until we have to talk about Kyle Richards bangs and Halloween. Uh, <laughs> <kills>. <laughs> and if you don't know where our Monday posts are, what's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, they're on. on they're on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness. They're on Facebook at Gaylords of Darkness. They're on Twitter at Gaylords of D. Those are the places you can find us. We're on the iTunes, where wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. Leave us a review if you want to. You That's can. All, all these and more. You That's can tell us you watched Don't Go in the Woods and you're a changed person and share your testimony about following us on this pilgrimage we're taking. Right yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Oh. Stacy, do we have a listener question today? Um, of course we do. Of course we do. If you've got a oh, question that uh, fits with this month of Great Value Slashers, feel free to send it in to any of those places oh. I mentioned. Or, well, yes, or just any kind up. of question. Any kind of question, really. Yeah, but... I, I think I would love some good slasher questions going along with this. Right. Yeah. Or or ter- terrible movies or budget great value films. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, this week's question comes from Peter, who asks, uh, there have been horror films set in historical periods where the setting has been critical, but the slasher subgenre seems to always be set in the present, leaving out nostalgia pieces set when the early slashers were set. Are there any historical slashers? If not, why not? It's mm. a good question. Mm. Peter. We're gonna get Thank all history, graphical, anthropological on our ass. Yeah, gotta get all whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or that one. <laughs> this is a this is shockingly tricky. Yeah, because I said to myself, "There's gotta be." Hmm. And then I thought, are there any? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I came up with some kind of answers. Yeah, I have a few. Um, but I think that there, it's not really a thing. I think it could be a thing. Um, but they're definitely not, particularly in the slasher heyday, I think, because slashers were aimed... Slashers are perhaps the tropiest of the subgenres. There yeah. is, especially in like the early eighties, they were so structured that it was basically just varying, you know, the slots that you had to fill out to make a slasher. Who's your final mm-hmm. girl? What's the inciting event? What's the holiday? What's the remote location? You know? Yep. It's like they checked all the boxes yep. every time. And so to transpose that to a historical setting just seemed really weird. And they were contemporary because they were aimed at the teenage audience and they really wanted the teenagers to identify with the characters in the films. Yeah, they're for kids. They're for they're teens. For kids. It's like it's bubblegum. Yeah. And so it was like they kind of had to see themselves on screen or it had to be something they could relate to in terms of, you know, I mean, uh, the uh, initiation takes place at the mall. You know, mm-hmm. summer camp, college, these kind of places. Um, mm-hmm. And I think and we have. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say, I think we have preconceived notions about what 
period films or what historical films and et cetera, et cetera, what they feel like and what they mean. And I think that would have been yeah. so jarring to the teenage audience that I don't know that they would work. I think it could work, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, but somebody's going to go in and be like, Oh man, I didn't want to watch a period piece. I wanted to see people get killed at the mall. Right. Exactly. And they're very like slasher films are, yeah, they're, they're, also, I mean, for being kind of the the backbone of horror, at least in terms of fandom, slasher films are really, really recent. Like, yes. yeah, we've got we've got the eighties, and then we have the the late nineties, early two thousands teen slashers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, there have been slashers here and there, but those are really the two core eras that they they were happening. Those and that's what non horror fans think horror movies are. Also, like they are so they per- they're that. yeah they're so pervasive in popular culture. I think because the franchises really transcended just horror. And Freddy and Jason only they were just uh-huh. on your TV. Yeah, to the point that that was pop culture, which is it, it, that is really surprising. I don't know that I'd really thought of that before. It's really surprising that slashers are really kind of just limited to those two eras. Yeah. Uh, yet, like, zombie movies have been happening since the 30s. I mean, they really shifted in the 60s with Romero. But since mm-hmm. then, they've been kind of, there hasn't really, zombies have come and gone, but they've they've kind of been pervasive throughout horror since they were really introduced. Mm-hmm. Slashers, very not Very modern. Yeah, yeah, they're very modern. That's so weird. And yet, that's what we all kind of latch on to. Right. I think it's also like they came about in the era when, you know, home video was born. Um, Yes. And things like Siskel and Ebert were on TV and they were going to talk about it. And these movies were were doxing Betsy Palmer. Yeah. (laughs) And they were so explicit and graphic that that was going to get them talked about. And so just I think audiences at large knew about slasher movies. Yeah, yeah, and and like, well, like with this, with Don't Go in the Woods coming off that video nasty craze too, mm-hmm. and that kind of which obviously aligned with Satanic Panic and right. You might only know about it because you saw a news report about how vile and disgusting it is. Yeah, yeah. which is funny because that aligns with the unholy storm of like that kind of um, silent majority Bible Belt, like uh, 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 who's who's Billy Graham kind yes. of era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but then like the more benign aspects of it, like like Freddy Krueger, especially I would think Freddy more than even Jason or Michael Myers was just a pop culture figure. Oh, he was like Freddy's a total clown. He had an album with like the Fat Boys, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, he had a TV show. He crossed. He goes over. in the Nintendo. Like, yeah, it's... he was just a pop culture figure. So, yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. But I think I think it would be really interesting to could you take the slasher tropes basically and set them totally? Could you have a colonial era slasher? Oh my god! Right? Yeah, be yeah. Kind of interesting. I, I would I would love to see, but but that's the thing is it's so specific. Like because then we're like, oh, you mean like Jack the Ripper? Like, oh, like Victoria, Victorian era slasher. You're like, oh, well, there's Jack the Ripper. Well, and that, so that goes to my answers, which I was like, well, all I can really think of are, is, is, <laughs> they're all f- films set about that time, all starring Johnny Depp. 
<laughs> yeah. There's From Hell, which is like the Jack the Ripper. Right. It's more of a mystery. It's more of a, a shit movie, but like a slasher adjacent, right? Because Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tim Burton, the Sweeney Todd and Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. which are also sort of just slasher adjacent, the follow slasher vibes. I think maybe Sleepy Hollow most of the three, but yeah, that's all I could really think of. This... Yeah, I thought of, I tried to stick to like slasher slashers and not go adjacent just to see yeah. like how many things that are so narrowly defined actually were historical and the only things i could come up with were um the town that dreaded sundown takes place in the mid 40s oh i wouldn't Um, have even thought of that that's true yeah um and then the other ones were just flashbacks basically um the prowler the inciting incident takes place during world war ii Hmm. Um, and that's the whole thing is like the killer is a war veteran um it's like the you know the whole before the credits kind of thing, you know, like the one year ago, except it's actually like during World War Two, and then it jumps to the 80s, that kind mm. of thing. And then Bad Dreams starts in the 70s, oh, I right, think, right, right. with the cult and everything, but then it jumps to the 80s. But well, those are the only things that I could think of. Blood Rage starts in the 70s and then jumps to the 80s. That's true, too. That's true. But then I, guess but I tried to think of like which or... ones did the setting did it matter that it, you know what I mean like Blood Rage I think it's just it came out in eighty one or whatever and so it had to start like Prom Night was the same way like it starts ten years before so it happens to be the seventies yeah I guess whereas at least like Bad Dreams went with like the whole seventies cult thing that was the whole backstory to that yeah so that was very rooted in the seventies and then the Prowler was kind of interesting that it was a war veteran as the killer like you don't see that kind of thing every day I'm not Do a huge consider... fan I'm not a huge fan of the Prowler I haven't seen it Do you consider Prom Night Two a slasher I consider it slasher adjacent. Yeah, it's slasher adjacent. Because it's more. Because I mean, the 50, but, but the fifties vibe is so crucial to that film with yeah. Mary Lou's backstory. Yeah, that's true. So there's that. I think of that as more supernatural. I think because it's like a possession kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, that one's a weird one because it's like possession, but ghost, but um, yeah, almost Final Destination, but also kind of Nightmare on Elm Street, but but in a slasher formula, right? And like aesthetic. Yeah. While not exactly being a slasher. Yeah. It's slashers are very weird. They they're like so sometimes they're so narrowly defined and sometimes it's like, okay, like that that you can be you could be a slasher too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like is I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, is that a slasher? It's kind of it feels slasher adjacent to me. Like yeah. very close, but uh-huh. still adjacent. Well, it's like I mean, Ravenous is like a Wendigo slash. I mean, I think like it's supposed to be a Wendigo, but I think it, it in terms of the storytelling, it feels more like a vampire movie to me. Mm-hmm. But um, but even Ravenous almost kind of has sort of a slasher formula to it, right? In the same way, Sleepy Hollow follows a slasher formula, even if it's like a supernatural witch ghost thing going on. Well, you mentioned it. Final Destination is a slasher movie, but the killer is death. Yeah, right. It's very much a slasher movie, you know. Which brings me to my final answer. Oh. Which is Final Destination 5. Because, oh, Stacey, well, I'm going to spoil the ending for you. Okay. 
I'm so sorry. The twist at the end of Final Destination 5 is that it's a prequel to the first movie. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch it in when it came out in like 2008 or 9 or 10 or whenever the hell that happened. Or 12. I have no idea when that came out. But you watch Final Destination 5 and you're thinking, I'm watching a contemporary film. And then you're like, oh no, this is actually set in 2002 or whatever. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah! Oh my god! A whole ten years earlier it's, it's set. And you think, oh, that's why her phone looked like that. <laughs> and that's the only thing it changes about the movie. <laughs> but you could argue that it's a historical slasher adjacent film in that respect. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I I think maybe a period piece that's a slasher movie, but that I I don't know. But It'd I want be them interesting to, to see. I want them to still act like contemporary. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like right. they're like, oh Henry, <laughs> fetch, <laughs> fetch the butter, thy thou slut. <laughs> I don't know. I failed. Right. That's the I thing. Is failed. like. The hallmarks of slasher movies, like the sex and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The sex, the drugs, the shitty 80s teenagers. Right. Like, Like, how does that transpose? (laughs) How do you have, like, the colonial mean girl when women are people, (laughs) like, in that era? (laughs) When they're not allowed to, like, speak to the men. Yeah, but just this mean girl. And she isn't a witch or put to death. She just is the mean girl in the in the the fort like (laughs) okay that's this is a good question because now we have a movie (laughs) that we what if you set a slasher movie that took place in you know 2020 or whatever but it was all people who work at like one of those colonial recreation the reenactor places yeah yeah and for some reason they couldn't leave but they were all in their colonial garb (laughs) and they also are not allowed to break character yeah yeah well for a while they wouldn't no they wouldn't and then there's this killer oh and the killer could be like a scary like um pilgrim or something Mm -hmm. with like a john hawthorne or mask or some shit like that Mm -hmm. yeah oh we can't record anymore because somebody's gonna steal our idea someone's gonna it's gonna be coming from asylum or something i know yeah But listen, Asylum, we will do this for $5. We'll, uh, we'll write it. We'll write it. <laughs> we will write it because I yeah. love this idea of the, yeah, it's the, like the a... mean girl reenactor. God, what's the place in Massachusetts where we always used to go on field trips? Old Sturbridge Village. What? That kind of place. It's like a, you know, it's a, like the whole village is still there. And they recreate like what life oh. was like in the 18th century or whatever the fuck it and is. And they're like, this is how we... Churn the butter. <laughs> Old Sturbridge Village, you could do it. Williamsburg, Virginia, you could do it. I am here for... I think this is the hottest property. <laughs> so. This is the hottest property. Right. I mean, I don't know if it would work, but I think that's a way you could do it. They did that movie about the, um, the LARPing where whatever happened. And that movie didn't work. But they still made it, and it That's had Summer true. Glau in it, and the Dinklage. But, oh, right. 
but we would actually have a hilarious script mm-hmm. with fucketh these and and <laughs> meet colonial mean girls. <laughs> colonial sluts. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> There you go, colonial sluts. It could work. Don't steal this from us. Copyright Don't gay ste- lords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh. Colonial sluts. <laughs> well, we're I have off. To go. To, yeah, we're off to quite a start, I would say, for this great value slashers. Bye bye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.